Hi again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 539. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please specify whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're both free. Just please specify that it's 539. The postage and handling is taken care of by us as well, by the Lord, that is. I've got some uh, Bible reading. We're going to do a lot of expounding. I'm going to try to finish the message about musical instruments that I started uh, on yesterday. And um, we got music and letters, right? Okay, so right now, though, let's go to the throne of the Lord and ask him to anoint this program. Father, anoint me and everyone that's on the program, and anoint everyone out in the world. You said you'd pour out your spirit upon all flesh, and the way you do that is by our preaching the gospel to the hundreds of millions of even billions of people on this earth. I understand, Lord, that I'm, uh, you know, that those of us that preach the true word, your word, are the correct way, are very controversial, and as you were. And you said if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. If they arrested me, they're going to arrest you. If they're going to try to say that you're an ex-con, they're going to say the same thing about me. Because they said about me, they're going to say it about you. Lord, uh, open the windows of heaven and uh, anoint uh, me, uh, lead, guide, and direct me in everything that I say and do on this program and everything else father god rebuke satan because he really needs rebuking father we really need for you to rebuke satan and there's no one else that we have on this earth we only have you we are definitely in the world in other words we're natural made out of the dirt of the ground but we have after we accepted you into our heart we're now supernatural and so, therefore, we have to remember that we're supernatural. We're not just natural beings. Those of us that live after the Spirit are perfect. And those that walk after the flesh are not perfect at all. And, Lord, we strive for perfection, which means that we always strive to be in the Spirit. And that means that, really, Lord... Um, you know, a lot of people play games, and I guess that's all right for children. But when we grow up, we put the childish things away, and we concentrate, we meditate, we determine in our hearts to keep our minds on you. And that means that our spirit is on you as well. So, Lord, um, um, let's win souls, Father. I'm ready and willing and able here for you to use me as an instrument. And Lord, I that the souls will be saved. And this is your main reason why you saved us, that uh, your word, that this world would be ruled by your judgment. That's why we're not to judge at all, but we're supposed to use your judgment to rule the world. And... We are the rulers of the world. You've said in the Bible that the people, the preachers of the gospel, the pastors are the rulers, not satanic beings. And a lot of people now, because they've heard 
the gospel being preached are now saying that they're all born-again Christians. They ask them if they uh, believe your word. And some of them say they do, but not all of it. And they don't really know what to take as literal and what is to be taken as metaphoric. But I know, Lord, you've taught me very well all these years. And I ask that you save souls and strengthen the church and rebuke Satan, Lord, that we in open doors for us for finances, more and more finances, in order that we just in these last minutes and seconds of time are able to reach as many people with your message as possible. Lord, I ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone says amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, the name of the Lord is wonderful. That means his name, he, uh, he, he, his name is the word of God. And his uh, word of God, his name is wonderful because it shows us his judgment and what we are supposed to do in this world in order to be saved and what we're not supposed to do. So it's wonderful to know uh, that you're on the right path because there's so many people walking on a very thin wall and they're teetering and tottering from one side to the other and many are falling out into the quicksand and this this is there's several people that have told me that they saw jesus walking on a wall toward them and he, some of them like uh, a friend of mine said he was speaking to him in hebrew because he know, understood hebrew and others said that he just was well talking to them and told them to serve the Lord, and, but they didn't. And then there's a testimony today from a man that's been in the ministry, my ministry now for the Lord's ministry in my church for around 37, 38 years, and you'll hear about that. But it's like a straight and narrow path. That's the one thing that he got out of that is it's, a very, it's like you're walking a line, a very straight and narrow line. The Bible also states in the Greek that it's um, that uh, heaven is so straight and narrow that you actually have to squeeze to get in. You have to push yourself to get in. And this is what the Lord was showing me in a vision that he, uh, uh, it's a piece of literature that the Lord gave me. I, he showed me a vision. I didn't know what it meant at the time, but I sure do now. And I wrote a piece of literature on it. It's called uh, Difficulty Mountain. And it's straight, and it's like you have to push in. You've got to push. It's not easy. It's not a frivolous thing. It isn't anything that you can play a game with. And I'm glad that the Lord showed me all the things that he did. And that's why I wanted to sing a song for you, and it's with our orchestra and choir. It's called His Name is Wonderful. His name is wonderful His name is wonderful His name is wonderful Jesus my Lord 
master of everything. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord, he's the great shepherd, the rock of all ages, almighty God is he. the synthesizer at the end that was actually uh, the voices of our choir singing it's a sad thing to see that so many of them uh, didn't continue on in the Lord because the Lord states that not all of us are perfect uh, only especially those of us that walk not after the spirit those that walk after the flesh are not perfect but those of us that walk after the Spirit, we are perfect. That's what the Bible says. All right, a story on this is one of our truckers. We have a, some uh, truckers, 18-wheeler trucks, and one of our uh, boys was drive, driving the truck, and they heard all this cursing and profanity on uh, the CB. And so what he did is uh, he was he put that song on and turned the uh, CB on and just played that whole record to him that his name is wonderful. And then when he pulled it back on the CB, he said there was no profanity, nothing. Everybody was talking like godly men and women, and it was also mainly a silence. So it just goes to show the power of the anointed word of God and anointed music because that music was anointed and that's why people can't tell me 
that people can't backslide because these people were anointed by the Lord God. And then they uh, decided that something happened or they believed something uh, or about uh, the Lord or somebody in the church, and they just well, walked off and left. And uh, those of us have been carrying on for another 25 years, more than they have, and I wouldn't want to be in their shoes for all the money in the world. Okay, we have some letters. Uh, where's the first one from, Sharon? From Beaumont, Texas. Okay, that's close to where we're at right now. Okay, I've been through there. Go ahead, read it. It's translated from Spanish. Beloved Brother Tony Alamo, I pray that God the Father continues to bless you abundantly in the name of his beloved Son, Jesus. I want to let you know we have received your literature, which contains the truth. The literature entitled Mass Suicide has a beautiful message. I passed it on to some new brothers. I thank God for all that your ministry is doing. Continue on with God's help. We here are also passing out the literature which you send us regularly. Pastor Lamo, I want to thank you for sending the gifts to my family and also the candy. My family thanks you for that. Also, one of my uncles is here in this prison, and I've been talking to him about God and his riches. There are Bibles available here in English and Spanish, but there are none available in large print. He's not able to see the small letters, so if you're able, please send a large print English Bible, King James Version. Okay, uh, we're, we're doing that, and also we want to uh, send him a plastic magnifying glass. They come like sheets of paper, actually, and they do allow them in prison. I know because I was there for a false IRS charge. They railroaded me into prison because they don't like the message I bring. And I don't like theirs either, so we're even. And they say, well, yeah, but we have the power to put you in prison. But on the last day, the Bible says that we people who are walking perfect in the Holy Spirit are going to judge you, and we're going to put you in an eternal prison. Uh, whether you like it or not, it's for sure you're not going to like it. But you're not even going to like it that we, those of us that are the saints of the Lord, are the ones that's going to be judging you. Okay, so have your fun now because this is it for you, all right? But for us, we're the ones that judge eternally. But we don't judge with our own judgment like you're doing. What we judge by is the Word of God. All the things that the Bible says, that's what I'm going to judge you for. And the... Um, Galatians chapter 6, okay, verse 5. It says, Every for every man shall be bear his own burden. In other words, whatever you did, whatever's on your soul, you're going to take up to the judgment bar of God with you. If God snapped the life out of you right now, you're going to go up there just as you are. Uh, you're not going to change at all. And that's why the Lord isn't going to change your position if you're a perfect in heaven and you're not going to be changed in any other way. If you're in hell, you're going to be there and you're going to be there forever. And so we're talking about an eternal life. And whatever life that you're living now is eternal. If you're living a, a life that is ungodly, then you need to repent so you don't have to bear is because every man's going to bear his own burden uh whatever you've got up to the uh 
to the kingdom of heaven at judgment before the Lord. Verse 6, so let him that is taught in the word of God communicate unto him um, that teaches in all good things. So if I'm teaching all good things, and I know I am because I'm teaching right from the word of God, you're supposed to communicate to me as well. And this is a commandment of the Lord, and if it is nauseating to you, well, then you're going to be nauseating to the Lord on judgment day. You know, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Isn't that what the Bible says? Yeah. Uh, verse 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, in other words, whatever you're doing every day, you're sowing. You're sowing either to heaven or to hell. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, you know, being it is that I lived for a while, uh, the first part of my life in Montana, and I lived on a farm for a while, and I know that every time that we'd plant a seed, it would come up thousands upon thousands of times bigger than the seed that we sowed. So whatever evil seed that you're planting on this side of eternity, that's exactly the kind of seed that's going to come back only it's going to come back hundreds of thousands and even millions of times more than what you've sown. I mean, if you're sowing fornication, adultery, if you're lying, stealing, if you're teaching false doctrine, whatever you're doing, uh, and if you're just... Uh, doing everything in your power to cause the people that are of the Lord to uh, spend extra time with you and you're just doing it for meanness, you're torment, you're tormenting them on this side of eternity. Don't worry, you're going to get yours. Whatsoever you sow, that shall you also reap. Verse 8, for he that soweth to his flesh, if you're doing evil things, you're going to, you shall of the flesh reap corruption. What does that mean? That means that if you've been living a corrupt life, by not following the word of the Lord, you're going to forever be reaping corruption. This is, uh, this world is just a dressing room for eternity. And we never know how, if the Lord sees that you just died in the wool bed, evil, he's uh, going to yank you out. There's so many people that have got horrible diseases, infirmities, sicknesses, and they've got their family is cursed, and they can't figure out why. Well, if you'd read the word of God, you'd be able to tell why God promises. Whatsoever you sow, you're going to reap. And if you're sowing corruption, you're going to reap it a millionfold. You don't know. There's people that are dying that are little children. And if they're your children or some loved one in your family, and you think that that isn't you, well, it's for sure your heart must be torn out of you if you've got a heart in you. 
uh, a heart that cares about anybody or anything or your loved ones. So of the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. But the person that sows to this Holy Spirit shall of the Holy Spirit reap life everlasting. But not just life everlasting, that's life everlasting in the kingdom of heaven. And the Bible says, no eye is seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered the heart of man. The beautiful things that the Lord has prepared for those that love him and keep his commandments. Amen? Amen. And it's also just the reverse to those that sow corruption. Their souls are, you can't possibly imagine how horrible it is in hell. It's like, you know, a griddle, a large griddle big enough for you to lie down and to have it cranked up to where it's hotter than the sun and that you just uh, lay down on that and just stay there forever. And, you you know, the spirit is far more sensitive than our flesh. Our flesh is benumbed, you know, because it gets you know, numb. A lot of people come up and tell me, uh, sir, my hand is numb, my arms are numb and everything because... There might be some kind of a blockage where the blood is not flowing that well from uh, that part of your body, and so it gets numb. In hell and in heaven, there's no numbness. You feel heaven billions of times, trillions of times better, the beauty of it and the glory of it. You never grow old, and you look beautiful. doesn't make any difference if you're real uh, you don't look so good on this side of eternity. Um, but uh, you will look perfect in heaven and you'll look beautiful. Even more beautiful than you look here on this earth. And I know that almost everybody looks in the mirrors and flirts with themselves. And they think they're very beautiful. But that's nothing in comparison to what you can see yourself as if you walk in perfection in the Holy Spirit. But, uh, so let us not be weary in well-doing. Oh, this is an excellent scripture, amen? Amen. Uh, don't be weary about uh, carrying the cross on a daily basis, because in due season we're going to reap. For in due season we shall reap. But there's an if there. If! We faint not. That means if we continue to the end of our life here on earth. Verse 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. What do you mean? All men? Even evil men? Yes, you're supposed to do good. Well, how could you do good to evil men? You preach the gospel to them. I'm preaching to the Pope, the President of the United States, the kings, all the people in government, the marshals, the judges, the prosecuting attorneys that are doing evil things every day of their life. They like to bring damage themselves into believing that they're doing good, but if they're not doing the will of the Lord, they're not doing anything but evil. But it says, do good to all men, especially unto them 
who are of the household of faith. Faith in what? Faith in God's word, because that is God's judgment. And we're to judge everything with his judgment. Okay? Now, a lot of people say, why do you keep harping on that? Because there's so many people that are harping that you can't go to hell. There's uh, What's that guy's name? Womack. He keeps saying that all of our sins are forgiven past, present, and future. Oh, my God, if that were the case, well, I'd just throw in the towel right now, and I'd just go out and live. He says, it doesn't make any difference how many times uh, you sin after that. You cannot be sent to hell. And if I was on the phone with him, I'd say, well, if even if uh, somebody comes over and kills you, Mr. Womack, that means that uh, they'd still go to heaven, you better not say that because somebody might take you up on that. All right? Or somebody might come and kill your wife or your daughter. Would you want that? No, you're talking, you're preaching lawlessness. And the Bible says that the lawless one is going to come into the world, and he's here already, and you're part of his body. You're a liar, and the truth is not in you. Anybody that would believe you would be crazy. You say, well, you know, people say this about me. You better believe it because it's totally opposite from the Bible. The Bible tells us, and I keep preaching, every time I hear you say that, I want to read these scriptures. Uh, that you are a natural man. You don't receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto you. You don't really know what the Scriptures say. And uh, the Bible plainly tells us that after you sin again, you go back into sin after you've been delivered from it, that there remains no more forgiveness for you. And what does it mean when the Lord says that he'll blot your name out of the Lamb's book of life? It must have been in there in the first place for him to blot it out. That means that you're not going to be there in heaven. So stop preaching that I'm saying in the name of the Lord or the Lord will destroy you and your work. Okay? Because that's your work. That isn't the work of the Lord where you're preaching that. All right, now, so, especially do good to people unto them, unto them who are of the faith, the household of faith. So that means don't send any money to this guy. He's not of the household of faith. If you want to do something good, send money to me because I'm of the household of faith so I can get the word out. You think I live high on the hog? You can ask anybody in my house. You know what I eat every day? Three bowls of beans. Amen? Amen. And a couple of slices of bread. So, you know, if beans are supposed to be... I love them, okay? I just can't help it, okay? I like them. I don't eat steak. I don't eat any of that kind of stuff. So if we live in this Holy Spirit... Let us do something. Let us do what? And let us not uh, be weary and well done. If um, we get into heaven, if we don't faint, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good 
unto all men, especially unto them who are the of the household of faith. That means there's a preference of who we do good to first. You see how large a letter, see Paul is boasting here because he's got real bad eyes. Look how big of a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. Look how many messages that I've brought uh, with my own hand, with the, with the uh, Spirit of God. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised. I'm not trying to teach people to be in the flesh. We live by faith. Um, I'm not uh, telling people that you can live by the law because you can't. I know one could, and that's why, not unless you're in the Holy Spirit. If you accept Jesus into your heart, he comes in with his Father and the Holy Spirit, all three, because God doesn't separate himself. It was God. The Father was on the cross with Jesus. But he also, God fills the entire universe, so... He, he was in the human flesh with Jesus. And he's in many millions of people, and yet he sits in heaven as well. So they constrain you to be circumcised only that they, that they should suffer, um, that they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. They don't want you they don't want to suffer the uh, persecution for the cross of Christ. They constrain you to be circumcised. Only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. You know, when you really start getting persecution, especially with the Jews, is when you start saying you don't have to be circumcised outwardly. All right. So when you tell the Jews that you don't have to be circumcised, they want to kill you. They want to stone you to death. I'm a Jew myself, but I'm a regenerated Jew. <clears throat> I've got a, the Holy Spirit that generates me into supernatural power. I'm natural, and so I have the natural power to get around yet. And yet I'm supernatural because I'm able to live by faith. So they don't want to. Uh, they don't want you to be an example unto them because uh, they they know if they start living according to uh, the law or that part of the law, then they're going to be persecuted by their own people and a lot of more cowards. But thank God, there's thousands of Jews now that believe in the cross, they believe in Christ, the Son of the living God, in the cross of Christ. Verse 13, for neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law. Why can't they keep the law? Because they're carnal. They're natural. They're not supernatural yet. They don't have the Spirit of Christ with the Father by the Spirit in them. But they desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. 
but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I am crucified unto the world. So the world is crucified unto me. They would love it very much for me to die because I'm an offense unto them. And I would that they are slain, that the demons, the devils in them are slain. Now the Lord told me in the word that Saul slew his thousands and David slew his ten thousands. Back then they were able to put these demons and devils to death. God sent him into the land and showed him how much that he hated sin by telling his chosen people to go into different countries over into Canaan land to have them destroy those people because they were killing their own babies, their own children. Well, the Lord said, Saul, but now we don't do that. We slay the devil by preaching the gospel to people. So the Lord told me just a few minutes ago, Saul slew his thousands. David, his ten thousands, and you, Tony, have slain millions of devils by preaching the word of the holy, eternal, living God. And so I don't want to be like David or like Saul. I want to be like Tony, okay? Yeah. And if you're a true Christian, you're going to want to be like me too. You're going to win lots of souls to the Lord. Okay, so we have some more letters. You got another one there? Yes. Um, the end of the last letter. Thank you, brother, and may God continue to bless you and enlighten your prophecies. Lastly, please continue to send me your literature and messages. Thank you once again, Javier Cisneros from Beaumont, Texas. Okay, and you also have uh, a message regarding uh, Tommy? Yes. To Pastor Tony, when I heard your message from the Lord on the quicksand, I remembered a vivid dream I had back in Dyer, Arkansas, approximately 30 years ago. Yeah, now to just bring you up to date, I've been bringing messages on when you're in quicksand, and then the Lord, by faith, if you have faith in the Lord, he pulls you out of the quicksand and sets you on the solid rock, which is the word of God. And if you stay on the word of God, you will not go down into quicksand. So he had this vision, he forgot all about it, about 30 years ago where he's walking on this wall and he was tottering back and forth, but go ahead and finish it. I was walking on a very narrow wall. I was about halfway across when I began to totter. I lost my balance and I fell. I landed in some sand and I began to sink very swiftly. I realized it was quicksand. There were brothers there, but they could not help me. Yeah, I'd like to interject at this time that quicksand is wet. And because I've uh, been in quicksand in Montana before, I'd be walking through the woods and all of a sudden I'd step in the quicksand and I started going down. And at that particular point, it wasn't that deep. But if I would have ventured more into the middle of the, that lake of quicksand, there'd have been no way that I could have gotten out of it because you just keep sinking down and you can't get any traction to get out. Okay, so he fell down in what it was actually quicksand it's wet 
sand that just is like bottomless. Okay, then go ahead. I was up to my mouth. Then I saw you walking past Lamo about 100 feet away. You were moving like geometrically, and out of the corner of your eye, you saw me and came quickly and put out your hand and pulled me out like one, two, three. The Lord showed me you had the power through his spirit. He also showed me I was on that wall, straight and narrow, but I wasn't maintaining a just balance, so I fell. And like your message said, I was in the quicksand. Only God through you pulled me out of it. No brother was able to. I thank God for your message's concern and total obedience to God. Tommy. Right. Now, when a lot of people are saved, but yet they don't focus on the word of the Lord. And the Bible says to focus all the time. We have to focus. A lot of people don't pay attention to certain parts of the message. You can see them looking around the room, or you can see them twisting in their chair because the Word of God is not important to them because they don't really realize. They may be young and think that they're going to be before the judgment bar of God maybe a 100 years from now or 50 years from now, when in reality they might be before the Lord in about half hour from now or an hour from now or even less than that. Many people have uh, gotten, uh, there's like a babysitter that uh, we had when I was in Cleveland, Ohio. This is going back years ago. And this babysitter called up screaming. She said her husband uh, got in the vehicle. He dressed up and gave her a kiss, got out on the freeway there in Cleveland, and a car jumped across the girder and killed him. He had no idea that he was going to die that day. And my wife at the time said she was uh, taking our uh, little uh, baby, uh, Corey, uh, pushing him in a cart, and all of a sudden there was uh, a little girl that was uh, walking across the street, and a car hit her and threw her in her face hit down on the sidewalk and sloughed her entire face off, and it just chilled Joanne at that time. And she, she said the baby just said, she could hear the baby say, Mommy, Mommy, but the baby was dead. And so you never know, you know, you could be crossing. There's people today that are harvesting people's body parts. They snatch young boys and girls, 14, 15 years, 16, 20 years old. They just grab you off the street and put you in a uh, car, put chloroform on your face so that you pass out. And all of a sudden you wind up in an emergency room someplace and they harvest your heart out of your body. And some millionaire has put up uh, a reward. Get me a heart from a young person because I don't want to die. I was in prison with a guy like that. His name was Liam. He was only 21 years old. And he said he didn't want to die, and he knows uh, he can go to South America and just grab one of the Spanish kids off the street and uh, have the doctor put their uh, liver in him, or heart. I think it was the liver, yes. And I said, well, you wind up in hell. What good would it do for you to live a few more years? Uh, he listened to me, he got saved, and he died. 
but he's in heaven now, praise the Lord, yeah. because he didn't carry through with that. But if you watch the news media, you'll see that there are literally thousands upon thousands of people that are being taken from the street. They just grab you. Two or three men come out and grab you, and you there's anything you can do. They cup your face with chloroform or ether, and you go out, and they're going to use your heart, your kidneys, your liver, whatever that they are able to use. So the bottom line, the moral of the story is you don't know when you're going to die, okay? You don't know, so people should focus. What time is it now? It's the, it's, what time is it? It's now. Now is the time to pay attention. Now is the time to focus on the Word of God. And so uh, Tommy was walking. He was really living a haphazard type Christian life. It wasn't even a Christian life. He wasn't even a Christian back then. But he thought he was. He saw himself walking, you know, but he wasn't developing as a Christian. He was saved, but he wasn't really a, a, a strong Christian. So he's watching himself in this vision. And, you know, it's another thing, too, is Pat uh, Vega, or Lolly Vega, Pat or Lolly, one of the two of them, who were people that I used to produce when I was uh, in the music industry. And uh, he saw himself walking on a wall. And Jesus was walking right toward him, and he says, uh, I, you know, repent or something. I can't remember exactly what he said. But he never did. He's still in the music business. From what I understand, they're still doing the same thing. And a lot of people that I've met saw Jesus. Uh, David Ronick, who's now dead, he never accepted him, even after seeing him. And so uh, here's Tommy. Let's get back to his testimony here. We finished it. Huh? Finished it. You finished it? Yes. Okay, what was the finish because I got it? What, what did he say? Um, I thank God for your messages, concern, and total obedience to God. Oh, okay. Well, somebody has to do it. Amen? Amen. It's such a thankless job. Okay, yesterday I was talking about musical instruments. And the uh, syrinx, S-Y-R-I-N-X, uh, Pandean, P-A-N-D-E-A-N, pipe, or bagpipe, translated as an organ, like the organ that you play. Genesis 4.21. The horn in the form of uh, an animal's horn, even when made of metal. It's like a trumpet or a... Uh, chauffeur, the Jews call it, which the Jews used, the straight trumpet, the flute, a pipe uh, perforated with holes originally made from reeds, but later from wood, bone, horn, or metal, or ivory. It was chiefly consecrated to joy or pleasure. Then there is another flute mentioned in Daniel chapter 3 verse 7, which was probably a double uh, flagolet. 
F-L-A-G-E-O-L-E-T. And the dulcimer mentioned in Daniel 3.5, the cornet or the chauffeur was made of the horn of a ram or a wild goat or an ox. It was of great importance in the life of Israel. And it's very important to know these things because God has music in heaven. And when uh, people are playing music or singing in the, playing music in the Holy Spirit and singing in the Holy Spirit, it reminds the angels, we have guardian angels, and of heaven, and so they come and help us out of all of our distresses. I believe that some of its uses should be mentioned right here. Number one, it was used for special signals, such as announcing the year of Jubilee, Leviticus 25, verse 9. Two, it was used to announce the new year. Number three, it was used to uh, muster for war, Jeremiah 4, 5. Number four, it was used for giving the alarm by the sentinels on the uh, approach uh, on the wall or when an enemy was approaching, Ezekiel 33, verse 4. Two silver trumpets uh, were ordered by Moses for calling the assembly together for the signal to march in the wilderness for the um, muster for war and for festivals, Numbers 10.10. The flute was used in mourning for its soft, sad tones. And in the temple... Uh, choirs, they were also made of reeds. Uh, for the purpose of altar service because of their softer tones. The name organ, Uggab, which uh, U-G-G-A-B, which means the blower, is a general term for all musical instruments that are blown. It is supposed to be the same as the Pandean pipe, which was the favorite with the shepherds in ancient times. The dulcimer was an Assyrian instrument mentioned in Daniel. It was a triangular instrument strung with 50 brass wires. And it was played with two small hammers, kind of like a xylophone, because music was a special enjoyment of a woman, they took a very active form of worship in the temple and consecration with worshiping the Lord in music. There's no doubt were female choirs. 
He-Man, one of King David's three great uh, administrators of music in the temple worship, had 17 children. Three of them were daughters. And God gave to He-Man 14 sons and three daughters. All these were under the hands of their father for song in the house of the Lord with cymbals, psalteries, and harps for the service of the house of God. According to the first Chronicles, chapter 25, verses 5 and 6, Ezra, in numbering those who were returning from captivity, says, quote, Beside their servants and their maids, of whom were 7,337, and there were among them 200 singing men and singing women. Ezra, chapter 2, verse 65. David mentions the singing among in Second Samuel, Chapter 19, verse 35. In Psalm 68, verse 25, read there how these uh, women ministers even went out before the army in the time of war. So a lot of people think it was just men that were doing that, but it wasn't. It was also women. Okay, now a lot of this is boring to some people, but to me it's not because it's part of the Bible. Amen? Amen. So unto the world. All right, now verse 15 in chapter 6. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. We become new creatures because we're no longer natural, we're supernatural. We've got the superpower of God living in us. And so even though you have to look at your flesh every day, it kind of works uh, the opposite of what the Lord wants it to work. You're supposed to remember that inside your body is the power of God. And that with the faith that the Lord has given you, plus the renewed faith and the building up of faith from reading the word of the Lord on a daily basis, that you are um, more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. But if you don't believe that you're supernatural, forget it. You're always going to be a loser. Right now, you can become supernatural instead of just natural. You can become a God-man or a God-woman by repeating a prayer. This is a typical prayer of people that really want to be saved, really want to be supernatural, really want to be able to say to yonder mountain, be gone, and it will go, be gone. It'll go hither, thither. So just say this word to the Lord. And you shall be saved, because he hears everybody's prayer. Say unto the Lord, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and that he died on the cross, and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. 
And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, Sharon, just praise and thank the Lord and read the word of God, the King James Version. And Sharon, tell him how to receive a copy of this program, number 539. Go to com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505 or call area code 479-782-7370 that's 479-782-7370 or fax to area code 479-782-7406 all right this is world pastor tony alama saying tune in tomorrow for another powerful message in the lord i've got new messages for you tomorrow and every day uh, right now, um, let's hear myself along with our orchestra and choir to sing the Jewish national anthem. And I'm singing it in Hebrew to let you know that I am a Hebrew, a uh, Hebrew Christian. This song is called Hatugba. <laughs> Oh, uh-huh.